What's happening, everybody? Welcome to episode number two of Locked on Tigers. I am your host, Chris Castellani. Things are starting to happen down in Lakeland, Florida. Got some interesting action going on in the early part of spring training, and that's going to be the, the main focus of this first segment. Look, I brought this up a little bit in episode number one. You got to take everything in spring training with a grain of salt. Spring training games are essentially irrelevant to veteran players. This is a, an experimental period for many of these guys. I've seen great players who have had great seasons have terrible springs. Shohei Otani a couple years ago. I don't know if people remember that, but there, were, there was a huge backlash against the way he was pitching and the way he was hitting. Shohei Otani has turned out to be a premier hitter in Major League Baseball. Pitching still be determined, but he's definitely had the stuff to pitch in the major leagues. Obviously, the arm injuries have held him back a little bit. And I've seen uh, players have awful seasons who have had great springs. I remember in 2017 and 2018, people talking about how good Victor Martinez looked in the spring. He would go on to have a low 700, high 600 OPS in those seasons. So you got to take everything with a grain of salt. But the, the people that I do get excited about in these early spring training games are the young guys, the guys who we're probably not going to be seeing in the early part of this regular season, but are still uh, supposed to be, or we hope they will be, key pieces of this organization going forward. And the last three first-round draft picks for the Tigers all put their talents on display over this most recent weekend. And that's what we're going to talk about right now, starting with Riley Green. Riley Green, the Tigers' first-round pick in the most recent draft in 2019, taken fifth overall, uh, coming out of high school. And he had a very good spring debut on Sunday. One for one with a home run, drew two walks, hit a home run to right field, also made a nice running catch out and right as well, and uh, very impressive for the youngster. This is not a guy who uh, I think we can expect to be seeing anytime soon, though I do believe that they are going to try to fast track him. Kid has shown a lot of talent, and I think the home run he hit was a perfect encapsulation of why the Tigers like this guy so much. He can just hit. The pitch he homered off of was not a bad pitch. It was a breaking ball low and in that he lifted to right, and I think it's a perfect reason why this guy was so appealing to the Tigers and appealing to many other scouts as well. The ball flies off of his bat. He's got incredible hands, great bat speed, uh, much like many high school players who get drafted. He has a lot of raw potential that he still needs to work out. He'll probably start this year, you would guess, in double A. Uh, spent time in three different leagues last year, which just goes to show how much the Tigers value this guy, that they continue to move him up through the ranks pretty early on in his minor league career. What people have worried about with him has been uh, his defensive capabilities. And it seems as though this has kind of been a best-case scenario. He's still, like we said, very raw, has had some trouble as far as taking routes to balls, but he's kind of made up for that with his incredible athleticism. Emily Walden, who I've never heard a bad word about, has said that at one point, and I'm paraphrasing here, if you don't think that Riley Green can play defense, you're insane. Uh, I think she was probably nicer about it than I was, but that's essentially what she said, and I take her word uh, to heart. I think she has a very valuable opinion. So right now, uh, if there's a, a player in this farm system offensively, and this is a farm system that has been criticized for the lack of offensive talent, 
this is your go-to guy right now. A lot to look forward to right now with Riley Green. I'm sure he's going to take his lumps in the minor leagues this year and probably the year after as well, but I think he might be here sooner than some people believe. If he continues to develop the way he has, I think the sky's the limit for this kid. Another guy who put his talents on display on Sunday was one Casey Mize. Casey Mize, obviously the the white whale, the, the golden calf of this Detroit Tigers farm system right now. Number one overall pick in 2018 out of Auburn, right-handed pitcher. Had a very good season in double-A and I think parts of high-A ball as well last year. I think pitched like two games in high-A ball before pitching a majority of the season and even throwing a no-hitter in double-A. His first start in double-A threw a no-hitter. Got roughed up a little bit on Sunday. One inning pitched, three hits, two earned runs, one walk, two strikeouts. I believe he hit a batter as well. Gave up some hard contact. No cause for concern. First outing of the spring. I mean, you can't get too high and you can't get too low with these guys or else you're going to drive yourself nuts. Uh, Two strikeouts is obviously a plus. The one surprising thing that came out of this outing, having watched, you know, every pitch he threw, one of the things that scouts drooled over and justifiably so about this kid coming out of Auburn was his incredible ability to pound the strike zone. A, A lot of these guys have raw stuff. But for his stuff to be as refined as it was, for his mechanics to be as good as they were coming out of Auburn is the reason why he went number one overall. I mean, it's so rare that you have a pitcher out of college, you know, coming into the draft at all, who has the ability to get out with four different pitches and strike guys out with those pitches. Obviously, his splitter is going to be his put-away pitch, it seems, but it seemed like he was nibbling a little bit on Sunday, and it led to some trouble. He was getting behind in counts and, and gave up some hits on, on predictable fastball counts. One of the hits he gave up was a, was a nothing blooper. It was a, a seemingly 25-mile-per-hour exit velocity bloop single to a shifted infield that led to an RBI base hit, or that was an RBI base hit. So uh, not a ton to be concerned about. Obviously, you want to see him pitch better. He throws a, that splitter which is a very effective pitch, but there is a whole plethora of pitchers out there who throw that pitch who have had a fair amount of arm injuries. I brought up Shohei Otani just a few minutes ago, Masahiro Tanaka, Nathan Avaldi, guys who have had their who have good, had good careers, but careers that have been stifled because uh, of arm injuries. And apparently, that pitch, for whatever reason, I, I should do some more research and look into why it is that splitter has has been a pitch that has caused a lot of injuries over the years. So a rough outing for Casey Mize, nothing in my opinion to be super concerned about. I still think the kid's going to be a stud here. The last guy we're going to talk about in this segment who had a pretty solid outing on Sunday is Alex Fiedo. Alex Fiedo, first round pick of the Tigers in 2017 out of Florida. Went an inning in two-thirds, did give up two hits on two pretty hard-hit balls, but no runs, no walks, and two strikeouts. Now, I really liked this kid coming out of Florida. He was college World Series MVP, good demeanor on the mound, seemed like a great competitor, and that's a guy you want in your organization. You want a guy who's going to be even keel, who has the ability to pitch in big games, which is something he showed at his time in Florida. To call his first year-plus in the minor leagues uh, a struggle is an understatement. I mean, he went from being, you know, a top 100 prospect to essentially kind of falling off the map there for a minute. And the biggest problem is that his mechanics were a mess. Lots of moving parts that, and when you have a a delivery, a windup that is that herky-jerky, 
it's going to be very difficult for you to repeat that delivery, and when you have difficulty repeating a delivery, you have difficulty throwing strikes, and that's kind of the issue that he ran into in his first full season in the minors in 2018. Now, bounced back last year and had a pretty solid season. Not overwhelming, but a lot of strikeouts, mechanics more refined, but watching him on Sunday, fairly good outing, Good slider, that's going to be his put-away pitch. We've known that really before he was even drafted. He was mainly a two-pitch pitcher in college. We felt like his development was going to hinge primarily on two things. One, one which I just brought up, is his mechanics, and two, his ability to develop a third pitch. You know, And I'm going to talk about that with Matt Boyd in the second segment where there's a lot of pitchers who, who are able to get to a certain point but never really get over the hill because they never developed that third pitch. Justin Verlander was a fastball, curveball guy his first couple years. It wasn't until that slider really came along and that changeup really came along circa 2009, 2010 when he went from very good to elite. And uh, Well, I can't imagine Alex Fiedo reaching the heights that Justin Verlander has in his career. I think his success as a major league starter will hinge on the mechanics and that in his ability to develop a changeup. Now, the changeup looks solid. He was throwing it a fair amount on Sunday, which I thought was encouraging. Uh, he's got a fairly high ceiling here. I think a lot of people kind of threw him to the wayside with the, uh, the additions to this farm system like Mize and Scooball, but this was a guy who was still very highly touted coming out of college, had a solid year a season ago, and the, the possibility of him being a 3-4 fifth starter in this Tigers rotation within the next several years is still exciting to me. I still like him a lot. He's just got to work on uh, cleaning up his delivery and being able to repeat it and consistently finding a way to throw strikes. And if he does that, I I think he could be deadly. Coming up next, we're going to talk about Matt Boyd. He had his first outing of the spring here the other day. We're going to discuss how he looked and what we can expect to see from him in 2020. Okay, so Matt Boyd had his first outing of the spring just a few days ago. Cody Stavenhagen of The Athletic covers the Tigers for The Athletic and does a very good job. Uh, Discussed his outing, went two innings, gave up a few hits, did give up a home run on a first-pitch fastball to George Springer. But the numbers, especially for the veterans this time in the spring, are, are meaningless to me. I wanted to talk more about... The pitches he was throwing, because Cody mentioned that he only threw a couple sliders, but mixed in a lot of changeups and curveballs, which is telling to me because Matt Boyd is not a bad major league pitcher. He, in fact, there's many a positive element to his game. He he's been he stayed relatively healthy, very healthy, in fact. I I don't believe he's had a stint on the injured list in his time in Detroit yet, knock on wood. He gives you a lot of innings, a lot of strikeouts last year, over 200 strikeouts a season ago, a major accomplishment for Matt Boyd. Where he's struggled is that he is an incomplete pitcher, and what I mean by that is early on in the last two seasons, he's been able to survive and actually thrive as a pitcher. Because he's been able to get ahead and counts with the fastball and wipe guys out with a slider. That slider is a tremendous strikeout tool. It's a tremendous weapon. But he's gotten into a lot of trouble, and in the second half, especially last year, gave up a ton, a whole ton of hard contact and home runs because, especially early in counts, 
mainly because I think he became too predictable. He was a two-pitch pitcher, and like I brought up with Fiedo in the last segment, I think Matt Boyd can survive as a two-pitch pitcher in this league, but I, no one's goal is to survive. This guy wants to be very good to elite. Now, I, I got to preface a lot of this by saying, in general, I, I don't think Matt Boyd should be here, and that is nothing against Matt Boyd the person. In fact, Matt Boyd as a guy is remarkably impressive. Family man, charitable guy, good interview, great clubhouse guy. You know, Theo Epstein once said, I think it was about Anthony Rizzo, where he said, in an organization, ideally, you want your best players to be the best people. Well, Matt, Matt Boyd fits that mold. Great kid. I have, I have no kid. He's like three, four years older than me. I don't know why I'm calling him a kid, but a very good guy. But last July, his trade value was very high. Uh, not a guy with ace stuff, not overwhelming stuff, but a guy who will give you innings, was pitching some very good baseball, strikes out a lot of batters, a lot of appealing things about Matt Boyd. And for whatever reason, Alavila was either unable or incapable of making a trade that I think could have gotten a significant, substantial haul back. And uh, I don't see his trade value, even if he pitches good baseball this year, being as high as it was last year with that very, very appealing contract. And you look at his last two seasons, he's gotten off to very good starts and fallen apart. Last year, first 12 starts, 2.85 ERA, whip just above one, home runs per nine under one. Phenomenal. Really, that is, those are ace numbers right there. We knew, you know, he was probably going to come back down to earth a little bit, but he not only came back down to earth, he kind of imploded. I mean, last 22 starts, 5.67 ERA, 1.367 whip, a lot of base runners, giving up a lot of hard contact, and and 2.6 home runs per nine innings. Matt Boyd has led the league in one category in his entire career, and that's home runs given up. He gave up 39 a season ago. Gives up a ton of hard contact, and you could say, well, that doesn't fall on Avila, that doesn't fall on management, how could they have known this was going to happen? Well, they could have known because the exact same thing happened the year before. In 2018, first 10 starts, ERA of 3, whip just above 1, home runs per 9 at 0.5, last 21 starts, 5.08 ERA, 1.200 whip, just under 2 home runs per 9 innings. Uh, Pitiful numbers by a guy who's who is a better pitcher than what those second half numbers even over second half I mean 20 plus starts that's not a small sample size so in my opinion they made a mistake not shipping him at the deadline and I like the guy a lot but I right now I don't see him as being a long-term guy I don't think he's a guy you give a big-time extension to because based on the things I just said and the numbers I just laid before you I don't think he's that great Solid pitcher. I think he will continue to improve. And, and uh, what uh, Cody reported in the Athletic, him mixing in changeups and curveballs, I think that is of utmost importance for him. I think he became a very predictable pitcher in the latter half of last season. He loves striking guys out with that slider, but it's it's mathematically and physically impossible to strike guys out if you're giving up home runs early in counts. And I think he became a very predictable starting pitcher a season ago, and it hurt him. And he was getting pulled even early in games in the second half because he was just getting trounced. Now, hopefully... He can develop the third and fourth pitch, will, which will allow him, I think, to go deeper in games. It can be a weapon that he can pull out whenever he wants to to get ahead in counts, and then he can go to that slider to strike guys out. But until he develops those pitches, I never see him being a guy who's going to post numbers below, say, a four ERA. 
So that's the early spring training report regarding some of the youngsters as well as the, the Tigers version of an ace and Matt Boyd. Friday will be a mailbag day during the off season. So when the Friday podcast comes around, if you guys have questions that you want read on the air for me to answer, I'm not saying I'm going to get to all of them on Friday, but I'm going to get to as many as I can. You can find my personal Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at castellani two o. One four. You can follow this show on Twitter at Locked On Tigers. I would recommend you guys do that as well. You can email this show LockedOnTigers at gmail.com and I'll uh, respond and read your questions on the air as well. Please follow me on all those platforms and let me know what you think of this podcast. Am I doing a good job so far? Please let me know. If I'm doing terrible, let me know. I, I, I appreciate and love all of you and respect your opinions. Thank you so much for listening. I will be back here on Friday answering your questions in the mailbag segment. Thank you very much for listening. Have a great rest of your day. Go Tigers.